Inside Black and Gold. I am Jeff Nowak. We're getting into a quick viewer mailbag. First question that we are going to talk about is one that, no, it is not a good thing. So St. John Butler here says, I'd tune in to the Shahid versus Nowak race. It wouldn't be, he could give me, if you're running 100 meters, he could give me a 60 meter head start. He'd probably win. Not a fast man. You know, the, the longer you, the, the longer the distance, you know, I used to run 800 meters in high school. That's, that's more of my, my race, right? You know, I could get a, I think I got a, I got a 150 in there once, but you know, that's just, that was a different, that was a different version of me. Um, they had me run the mile. I didn't like that. Not very, just too long. It's a, a very, very, very uh, minimal, minimal range of of running for me. But no, that's a that's not a race you're going to want to watch. It's not a race is going to happen. Now, I would love to see a Shahid race against a lot of people, right? You know, if you want to put a cheetah in there, that would be fun. Uh, you know, the like the, the guy who calls himself Cheetah and Tyreek Hill. You know, I don't think Rashid is as fast as Tyreek Hill. Generally speaking, like just the, the quick twitch, just straight line speed. I think Tyreek Hill is an alien, but play speed, I think they're pretty close, right? And that's what we were talking about is, you know, the speed at which you can play football, right? The speed at which you can run and also look back. You know, when you when you watch those Rashid Shahid, and I know we just talked about Rashid Shahid for 20 minutes, but when you watch those Rashid Shahid highlights, don't just watch it like, don't, don't just look at him catching the ball Look at the speed at which he is running as he navigates, as he look back, looks back and locates the ball. Because he's not losing any speed, even as he turns his head around and goes up and catches it smoothly and continues running. The most amazing thing that happened in that game was that Rashid caught that go ball in stride and didn't score. Like, I'm amazed that Tony Brown was able to make up that gap. Um, and I think it's just because, you know, he didn't expect anyone to catch him, but you know, this isn't really what the question's about, but man, I just enjoy watching that guy run. All right. Here's here's one that I don't think is so Pammy Whammy. Thanks for thanks for being here as always. Says I think something was more serious going on with Jimmy from that seizure. And I disagree. I don't think it has anything to do with the seizure, why he's not involved. I just don't just I just think that he doesn't I mean the his role in the office doesn't exist. Like if you if you're saying that from a medical perspective and you're saying like there's a medical reason they're not throwing in the ball, it's not that. He's on the field. Like he's playing. I mean, he didn't play this past week. Um, but like, you know, he's been getting reps. He just has not been getting targets or he's not been used when it necessarily makes sense for the Saints to use him. Sorry, I'm distracted. There's a there's a dog in a cone trying to open the door. And it's it's kind of funny. Anyway, uh, so no, I don't I don't think there's a medical reason that you that Jimmy Graham is not involved. And 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 if it was a if it was kind of a judicial reason, like if you're if you if if you're saying that there's something beyond the play on the field that's making the Saints not want to involve him, that doesn't make sense either because you could just cut him. You don't need Jimmy Graham. You're not, you know, he doesn't need you. If you're not going to use him, then don't use him. Like, just just say, you know, we're going to retire your number or, you know, we're going to put you, you know, come out and do the who dat and then we'll put you in the team hall of fame. Like, I just think that they just don't have a role for him. And, you know, it's strange because the one time, like one of the two times you threw to him, he scored a touchdown. Uh, I just think it's, it's just, yeah. I mean, 
they brought him in and I don't think they had a clear plan on what they were going to do with him. And this, that, that has continued to be the case. Uh, Jay Black. So, so this is a question. It's not really a question, but we're going back to kind of the, the trade deadline thing. And so I said that trades typically aren't going to move the needle for you in terms of, you know, really changing where you are uh, as far as you're a playoff contender, you're still a playoff contender. You're a, you're a, you're a fringe playoff team. You're still going to be a fringe playoff team. And so Jay Black is saying it kind of did for the Rams offense with OBJ. And I, I don't know about that. I mean, that was already a really good offense, right? And that's kind of what I'm saying. Like when you're in team that feels like you're a title contender and you want to add another weapon, sure. Right. Do you want to add a chase young to a San Francisco defensive line that, you know, fine, just throw another weapon on and see what happens. Right. You want to add an Odell Beckham Jr. to a Rams offense that, you know, Stafford and Cooper Cup are about to set records. Great. Do that. You know, and I think, yeah, they, they did get marginally better and it's an upgrade for them, but they were still a Super Bowl contender with or without Odell Beckham Jr. Right. So I, I don't, I mean, yeah, like it, it can help you, but I don't think that if I, I don't think that that necessarily is a good example of like, oh, the Saints should have done something because when the Rams went and got Odell Beckham Jr., they got better. I don't know. Like, the, again, you're, you're looking at it and saying, where's the upgrade? Like, what, where's the injury that you're replacing? Where's the player that you're going to take off the field to put this new guy on the field? And I just don't see it. Again, like, like a guy like Connor Renfro would have made sense. And it sounds like the Saints did have some calls to consider going to get him, but the, the price wasn't right. And, you know, you move on. I don't know. I, I, I just don't see the, the NFL trade deadline being the key for teams to improve, right? Like if you're not good enough before the deadline, you're not going to be good enough after the deadline, no matter who you add. Jane John Butler again says, wait, at Crack Rock isn't a legit news source? Hey, yeah, crazy. Crazy how that works. I always get a kick out of it. There's all these all these Twitter accounts that, you know, they they kind of like make themselves look mildly official. Like they have like a thousand followers and they have a check mark because that makes sense. Uh, and then they tweet these things and and it's all just for for show to see how many people they can they can dupe. And then it's like I get tagged and I'm like, whoa, is this real? No, it's not real. Yeah, it's it's a weird time to cover sports, guys. Jay Black, another one here says, do you think Chris Olave is jealous? Of Rashid, and I so so I I ask why you would say that because if anyone's jealous, it should be Rashid because Chris Olave gets all the targets, <laughs> right? Now I could see if suddenly Chris Olave was getting three targets or five targets, and and Rashid Shahid was getting nine or ten, then maybe we could have a conversation. But I don't think I don't think Chris Olave is jealous of Rashid. I think Chris Olave is just upset at himself. You know, like people, that's the thing. Like people are talking about attitude and stuff like that. I, when, when he's, when his body language isn't good, when he, when he's not, you know, living up to what you would hope he would be. It's not, a, it's not a matter of Chris Olave being, you know, like a petulant child and, and saying it's all about me and blah, blah, blah. And, and you all need to play better because I'm playing good enough. He knows he's not playing good enough, and that's the frustration for him, right? Like, he's embarrassed for himself. Like, like he's not mad at anybody else for the ball bouncing off his helmet. He's mad at himself, right? And, uh, you know, I think he had a very trying week 
right? This season, it's one of those seasons where everything seems to be going wrong. He's in a funk right now. And I think he just needs, he needs one game. He needs one game where everything goes right. And you have that kind of performance and suddenly it clicks again. It's like a, it's like a, a shooter, like a, like a three point shooter that's just missing and missing and missing. And sometimes you just need to make a free throw, right? Sometimes you just need one thing to go right for you. And then everything starts to kind of get back into, get back into form. But like there was just so many just just bonehead thing after bonehead thing after bonehead thing. It's you know I think it's just a confidence thing. And, and once you get him playing confident again, you're going to see like elite Chris Olave again. But right now you're not getting it. But I don't think it has anything to do with him being jealous of anything. Saying John Butler, snap it, count to three, throw it as far as you can. That's kind of what Derek said. Like it's like you know the only thing you can do wrong is not throw it far enough. <laughs> and and it it is funny because like if you if you didn't know any better, you would be like, wow, Derek, what a dime. And it's like I think you know when you're a guy that is as fast as Rashid, that catch window where you can put the ball in a certain location. It's so big because <laughs> he can make it look so small. Like you go and watch the Raiders on on Monday, and Jimmy Garoppolo had virtually the exact same throw to Devontae Adams. Um, you know, it, I, pretty much the same spot on the field, pretty much the same distance. He airmailed it, right? Devontae couldn't get to it. And there was another throw that was similar where he just threw it out of bounds. And, you know, you, you take for granted, that's basically what I tweeted, you take for granted how accurate those throws are and the, the ease with which you completed them. And then you forget, like, that's a much more difficult play to execute than it than it looks when it works right. You know, when it, when it works and it's caught in stride and you're, you're going downfield, you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, they should do that every time. <laughs> and then you see it. You know, I had someone say, like, oh, every 90% of NFL quarterbacks should be able to make that throw. And, and yeah, I agree with the fact that 90% should. But if you think 90% of NFL quarterbacks are hitting that throw more than three out of 10 times, you're kidding yourself. That's a difficult throw for a reason. It's a low percentage throw for a reason. And it's like, yeah, sure, in practice, yeah, I'd like to see them connect on that eight times out of ten. In a game with the pressure, there's a reason. Like, again, I'll go back to the basketball analogy. If you go and watch these guys shoot free throws in practice, they're going to hit 90 95%. Even the bad free throw shooters are going to shoot 85 90% when there's no pressure, when there's no screaming fans, when you're not tired, when you haven't played three and a half quarters of a football game. You add all that in, and suddenly this 80% free throw shooter is like bricking them, right? Drew Holiday was always bricking free throws. And I was like, you're a great shooter. What is wrong with you? And, and the same is true in, in football, right? That's just, a, that's just a difficult shot in a big moment that you have to be perfect. And the Saints were. And so, you know, there's always somebody on in social media who's going to try to convince you that the impressive thing that you just watched is actually not impressive or or that professional athletes are, are secretly bad and you just haven't noticed. And, you know, sometimes you just have to block them. It's my uh, nugget of advice for, the, for today. My pearl of wisdom, if you will. WW says, have yet to see consistency on offense. Therefore, the jury is still out. And yeah, I, I mean, I would say that you've seen six straight quarters of very good offensive football. You've seen the Saints be able to move the ball consistently. So, so you at least have that where you haven't seen consistency is between, between the tackle or between in the red zone. I'm sorry, this dog with the cone. I need to, I need you to see. Okay. There's a, there's a dog with the cone. <laughs> it's just very, very loud and, and, and distracting. Um, she got spayed today. So she wanted to say hi. Uh, okay, Bailey, get down, get down. Okay. 
Anyway, I, I lost my train of thought, but I need like you should be able to understand why that was hard to keep track of. Anyway, let's let's continue. Jay Black says, "Do you think we will have running back issues next season? Because I think it's time to take the leash off Kendra Miller. I don't know, but I'm not going to worry about that until until you know that's a bridge I will cross when I have to cross it, right? Because right now, again, I think you just have elite." Depth at running back, and you know Kendra. You know, go go look at go look at Deuce McAllister's touches his rookie season. Seriously, go go look it up because you know you're not guaranteed touches as a rookie. And frankly, I'm okay with it, right? I want you to be elite when you get on the field, and otherwise, just keep working, keep getting better. And so, yeah, I'd like to see Kendra be more involved next year. But right now, I'm perfectly satisfied with. Alvin and Jamal kind of having this duo and then Kendra working in as, as it makes sense. I'm not going to lose sleep over, well, what happens next year? Let's figure out this year. And then next year you can get it done. Cause I don't know, you'll find a way, you know, no one's it, it, having too many good, if a, too much of a good thing is, is not a bad thing is uh it's kind of, kind of how, how I'm going to phrase that. I think, that is pretty much it. One more thing I do want to bring attention to that that I that I saw this week that I think is interesting is Derek Carr has been what I would consider to be elite in terms of involving all of his weapons. And when I say that, I mean, you know, we've talked about how many weapons you have on this football team. How do you get all of them involved on a weekly basis? And Frankly, you've you've done that, right? You've done that about as well as you could hope. So you look at Chris Olave, 44 catches, 517 yards and a touchdown. Rashid Shahid, 23 catches, 479 yards, three touchdowns. Michael Thomas, 38 catches, 439 yards and a touchdown. Alvin Kamara, 39 catches, 228 yards and a touchdown. He's also on that kind of golden 81 catch pace that you haven't seen the last few years. And to me, that is huge. But... You know, so so I asked Derek Carr today about kind of spreading the ball around. You know, obviously you want Juwan more involved, you want Taysom involved, but you know, it's it's kind of a it's kind of an art form to to get everyone involved. And so this is what he had to say. No, I, I kind of like I told you when I came. You know, we you, we taught you guys teach me about the playmakers, and I and I said, look, I'm going to read plays out, and the ball we're going to say, wow, he had a great game. You know, and then the next week we're going to wow, he, we had a great game. What's wrong with this guy? You know, what's why why can't we do? And I and I. And I just said, like, just the way I play, man, I'm just going to spread them out and, you know, leave it up to the coaches to put guys in position. And hopefully I can read them all right and get it to the guy when they're supposed to get it and all those things. Um, but that's that's just me playing quarterback. Like, if you guys want to get mad, you'll go talk to them. But I'm going to read plays out and I'm going to throw it to where the ball should go. AK could have 12 catches. You know, he, Mike, you could have 10 one time. You could get three in a row. You could, you know, however it plays out, we have to be able to play that way. Um, that way, as quarterback, you can be free. And the decisions that you're making. Yeah, and I, and I mean, if this if this can continue, right? If you can keep everyone engaged, if you can keep hitting on all cylinders, this could be a really fun team to watch. And so, you know, I don't know if it will be. They could regress this week and just make us all angry at the dome again. But you know, I think, you know, one thing that that bugs me about the modern NFL and something that the Saints don't typically do is like you got to give people time to find their way. Um, in order to to know, right? Like it's, you know, if you're a rookie quarterback and you have four bad games and suddenly you're benched and you're like, well, that 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 experiment ended quickly. You know, well, when do people have time to 
improve in the NFL anymore. I don't know. So, you know, I'd like to think that the improvements we've seen are real and you can continue and we'll kind of learn about that the next couple of weeks because, or the Colts, were the Colts really that bad or did the Saints kind of figure something out, right? Um, is the Saints defense a second half juggernaut and can they figure out how to become better at the beginning of the game? That's something I'd like to see, but, you know, we'll find out. It is nice to just go into a week without having to ask these terrible questions of, you know, okay, well, well, if they lose, do you fire this guy? If they lose, do you fire this guy? So we'll see. I, I think the Saints are going to harass Tayson Bajan. I think they're going to harass Josh Dobbs. And I think the Saints are going to go into the bye at six and four. And you're going to look and see, okay, the Saints and Falcons, the final eight games, or I'm sorry, the final seven games, I should say. You know, how do they match up? They both have really easy schedules. They face each other twice. Those head-to-head matchups could end up determining the division. So it's going to be fun, and I'm just glad that we get to enjoy it together, right? So thanks, everyone, who listened. Thanks, everyone, who dropped in a comment. This is Inside Black and Gold. If you haven't subscribed yet, please do that. Give us a like. Get Hit the subscribe button on the channel. Ring the bell. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review, as always. My, name's at, my, name, my name is Jeff Noack. You can follow me on Twitter, at Jeff underscore Noack. If you have any questions that we didn't get answered, throw hit me up on Twitter. You can also send me an email. It's my name. It's Jeffrey dot noack at odyssey.com shoot me an email send me questions uh it it honestly really helps me format episodes because i sit here and i stare at all this information i try to go well what do i want to talk about well sometimes when we get questions those are the answers that i want to give the people the questions that people have so hit me up and and let me know what your questions are and we'll get to we'll we'll try to format some episodes around that and uh until the next time thanks everyone who dat go saints week nine baby Woo.